On September 12, 2015, in Brewer, Maine, a young fellow named Ace Romero headlined the first ever Limitless Wrestling Show. He won that night, and through the next seven years, he wrestled some of the best Limitless had to offer. Anthony Green, Donovan Dijak, A.R. Fox, the Maine State Posse, Keith Lee, Sammy Callahan, Darby Allen, Dan Math, MJF, Dan Garcia, and the list goes on and on. He was part of the first ever Limitless World Title match in March 2019, but he lost. In the three plus years that followed, he got four different shots at the title. And he lost those two. But then he did something in August that he's never done. He won the Vacation Land Cup to win, earn a fifth title shot, one against his recent rival and current champion, Alec Price, the man that sent him out of Limitless for half a year following their bloody Anything Goes match in February. But the title wasn't just on the line, though. Ramirez's career was as well. And after all that time and all those opportunities, he said, fuck it, pushed all the chips right in the middle of the table. And on Saturday, September 24th, at the Limitless Wrestling's seventh anniversary show, Chasing Forever, after seven years, 60-plus Limitless matches, and a lot that's happened in between, Ace Romero's luck turned as he defeated Price to earn his first Limitless Wrestling Championship. It's not just big boy season anymore, but the big boy era in Limitless that has just begun and with that welcome to the limitless wrestling podcast the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time Maine's own limitless wrestling my name is josh nason on this week's show a ton to get to we recap everything that happened at chasing forever uh, a saturday ago give or take in yarmouth maine show that was among my favorite of the 2022 limitless wrestling year we're going to talk about a very important benefit show coming up in november for eric johnson and we're also going to preview this weekend's double shot Limitless versus Blitzkrieg Wrestling 2 coming up in Connecticut. So we'll talk all about that. But before I keep going and help me catch a breath, let me introduce my co-host and the man who will write you thank you notes for all the gifts that he got for his anniversary, the head of the Limitless table, Randy Carver. Randy, say hello to the fine people. How's it going today, Josh? Good. What'd you think of that open? I didn't even tell you I was going to do that. That was quite an introduction, I was going to say, but uh, well put together, my friend. Oh, thank you. I've done this writing thing before. Yeah, it was... Uh, you know, it's a moment, man. Like, and we're going to talk about it, but uh, Ace has been, he's been here since day one, event one, stage one. And he is now the Limitless Wrestling World Champion. It's, it's uh, I want, I don't want to say it's hard to believe, but it's, it's, uh, it's kind of surreal. We're finally here. Yeah. I mean, why, why not? We can talk about the main event first here. Uh, it was a moment, you know, and uh, I think that there was a, there was at least a group of people who had thought that that moment had passed, that that moment uh, was never going to happen for AC Baby. And especially after, as you mentioned, that bloody anything goes match with Alec Price earlier this year. I think a lot of people thought if it was going to happen for him, that was the night it was going to happen. And uh, he, like you said, pushed all the chips in the middle of the table and took the biggest risk of his professional career in Limitless Wrestling to make this match happen one more time against Alec Price. And Finally, he was able to get it done, and it, you know, just re really cool. Uh, emotional for a lot of people who have been watching Limitless Wrestling for a long time. His mother got to be there uh, after being in the hospital earlier that week, so that was really nice as well. And uh, I'm interested to see because you know, it's felt like the big boy era. Limitless Wrestling has been there before. Ace Romero kind of put Limitless on his back early on with a few others, and uh, now it's for real, though. Now he is at the top of the mountain. He is the Limitless World Heavyweight Champion, something that he's been chasing since the championship was introduced in 2019. So uh, big congrats to Ace Romero. And uh, we got to look back to on an incredible run of Alec Price here because from November of 2021 until this past September, 
the the most defenses of any limitless world champion, the most championship matches in other promotions. He really uh, exemplified what it meant to be a champion and take that championship wherever he went. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll definitely have more time to to delve into that. It was a it was a fun uh, it it's it a great moment um, when he won the title. I think it took the crowd a li- if we're being honest, it took the crowd a little while to kind of get into the flow of the match. But by the end, they were they were in uh, hook line sinker, uh, people standing for the finish and uh, and AC winning. And I happened to catch a glance of Alec uh, slinking up the uh, the aisleway just looking on in complete like horror and unbelief uh, disbelief. And it was a, it was a cool scene. Obviously. Yeah. You mentioned his mom there and, and uh, everything that was a, it was a moment, man. And uh, yeah, Ace Romero is your limitless wrestling champion. Very excited to see what's uh, next for him, but Leah, let's uh, you know what? Um, you know, I know we talked kind of briefly about the rundown before. Do you want to start with this November 5th um, uh, benefit show? Since that it, to me is, is kind of a, a big thing. Do you want to start there? Yeah, I would love to let's dive in. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk for a minute. I'm going to kick it over to you because you're obviously the main driver of this. So um, long story short, obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably saw Eric Johnson, uh, former uh, Limitless competitor, uh, Let's Wrestle competitor, of course, has been, uh, was on the road a lot, uh, very memorable, been on the main wrestling scene for uh, forever. Uh, recently suffered a, a non-wrestling injury, Taurus quad, uh, Triple H style. Uh, and then he, uh, he's, it's laid him up. He is, um, He's apparently is unable to work right now. That's kind of the, the impression I got from the uh, short video he put on social media and didn't exactly ask for the help, but uh, is getting help in the form of a benefit show, a Let's Wrestle and Limitless Dojo fundraiser to help out uh, Maine's Mutant Mastodon himself on uh, November 5th in Brewer, Maine. And let's kick it over to you to kind of how this thing came together, how people can help if they can't show, uh, can't show up, uh, how to buy tickets, all the good stuff. I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, um, Eric has been uh, a he's really spearheaded a lot that's kept main wrestling alive, I would say, throughout the mid 2000s. And like you said, has been such a driving force of main independent wrestling from uh, his time working as driving Jimmy Capone to uh, Eric Atlas when he was teaming with Tony Atlas for a brief period of time. Eric's someone who uh, helped me get my start and uh, Limitless would not be here if there was no Eric Johnson and MSP, I don't think would be around if not for Eric Johnson helped a lot of us kind of find our way uh, early on in our careers and just trying to get into wrestling in general. And he's always been someone who has wanted to look out for those around him and those, especially in the main wrestling community. Uh, Eric's the one who came to me about the fundraiser for our friend, Mark Godfrey, a few years ago for let's wrestle and, putting together uh, the fundraiser that we did earlier this year for Brandino Davis as well. Eric helped out with that. So I uh, only felt right to, uh, you know, when Eric is uh, in a position and need to bring the main wrestling community together and help him out. So that's what we're doing. November 5th, Brewer, Maine. First time Let's Wrestle has ever had an event in Brewer. It's going to be right down the road from where we used to run at Ronco's at the indoor yard sale, 80 Rudman Road in Brewer, Maine. They were nice enough to donate the venue for the night for us. And uh, a lot of wrestlers from the Limitless Dojo on the roster of Let's Wrestle and even Limitless Wrestling are stepping up to donate their time on that night. Uh, to bring this fundraiser together and put on one hell of a show for everybody. So tickets are on sale now, limitlesswrestling.com slash let's wrestle. Uh, $20 for front row, and there's only 10 left as of this morning. So 
I'm not sure if they're even going to be there when you check, but GA tickets, just $15. Good stuff. Yeah. We'll talk more about that in the, uh, the month ahead, but yeah, a good cause. Let's hop out, uh, Eric Johnson. So, uh, yeah, November 5th, Brewer, Maine again, we'll talk we got a lot some more. names out for that too, Josh. I, well, let- I forgot to mention, uh, former let's wrestle champion, the mass hole, Mike McCarthy is returning to the ring on this show. Uh, as well as one of our students. He's been a breakout a little bit of the local scene. The Dunky Boy Bandit, CC Dunks. Uh, he'll be on this event, as well as Malik Logan, who is a Let's Wrestle regular who hasn't been in the state for quite some time. So uh, be sure to be tuned in to Let's Wrestle Socials. All information is going to be there, as well as the event page on Facebook. Well put. All right, we'll talk more about that again in, uh, in the, over the next month. And let's go uh, back in time a little bit. Uh, Chasing Forever. Uh, again, seventh anniversary show happened. Uh, yeah, just over uh, yeah, about a week and a half ago as we record this, give or take. And this was, like I said, this is one of my uh, one of my favorite shows. I think of the year uh, in 2022 when it comes to Limitless. It was a, a really great crowd. Uh, the the whole show flowed well. I thought, and the matches were good. Everything was uh, yeah, everything was really good. I assume um, based on texting you and, and afterwards that you were uh, pretty happy with how things went. Yes, um, it was a chaotic couple days around the event, but uh, I was very happy that people had a good time and uh, it felt like a good night all around. Yeah, so let's see. So you had texted me on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we're going to laugh about what a crip- what would have crippled us a couple of years ago in the podcast this week. And I said, what happened? Had no idea. Uh, caught up with you at the show. And what happened was the ring broke. I'll kick it over to you. What happened? Yes, so... Uh, 11.30 p.m. the night before the event, uh, I get a call from the Scufflin' Hillbilly cousin Larry, and I just know that that can't be good. Um, he's typically our ring rental. He had an event the night before at Geno's in Portland, and, uh, yeah, the ring broke straight up. Uh, one of the side piece, like uh, one of the side like frame pieces of the ring, um, where it connects into the actual ring post had, like, sheared off and was hanging on by a thread. And when metal's hanging on by a thread, uh, that's going to do us no good. And uh, that had to immediately go to a welder, and it was not going to be done in time. So uh, just about on the day of the show, we had no ring available. So I start hitting the phone lines very quickly, uh, trying to figure out what we can do to rectify it. And lo and behold, uh, a couple guys who, much like Eric Johnson, you know, were, were very uh, looked out for me early on and are kind of uh, staples of the main professional wrestling scene, Beavis May and Roadblock. They came to the rescue, man. They, uh, I was on the phone back and forth with Beavis probably until like 2.30 in the morning, uh, just trying to make sure that we had everything that we needed because they had... Uh, they had recently had a new ring delivered to them, like within the past couple of weeks. And I was there the first time they used it. And I knew that, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly up to snuff yet. So we uh, we pretty much spent uh, the early afternoon, the first couple hours that we got to the venue, kind of tinkering on that thing to make sure everything was going to be up to snuff and uh, we weren't going to have any issues. We got it all up. I had uh, one of our students hit the ropes really hard just to make sure. And the undercarriage fucking rips right out of the bulldog under the ring. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Uh, So that's like 2.30 in the afternoon. So I spent the next like 30 minutes trying to rectify that bulldog situation. When homeboy hit the ropes so hard, it just it literally ripped the wire right out of there because the the nuts and the bulldog weren't tight enough. So we actually ended up not even using that undercarriage. Luckily, uh, Larry, who is still in the area, brought his uh, undercarriage over and we used that. So it was really like 
jury-rigged, but not in a bad way, just to make it more sustainable for what we had to come. But it uh, looked great. Uh, I thought the ring really held up good, too. Um, obviously, there's always a worry when something goes wrong early in the day with a ring, and also on top of it, it's a ring that you've never used before. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought it held up well, and I want to shout out those two, especially Rhodey and, and Beavis, but also the Limitless Dojo crew, who were uh, very diligent when setting that up. They were on top of it throughout the night if we needed anything, and luckily uh, it held up really well and looked great. So we uh, we were able to navigate that situation, but I just, like, I sat back and thought about it. I'm like, man, um, first of all, it pays to be nice. You know what I mean? It pays to fucking uh, look out for people within the main wrestling community because you never know who you're going to need to look out for you at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And uh, it's just good that we have such a good group of people, I think, in the main wrestling community because we could have been fucked, you know, we could have been <laughs> off Shit's Creek without a paddle for real. And uh, worst case scenario, we did have the ring at the dojo, but that would have been uh, an insanely hectic day to try to figure out getting that hauled down there, taken down, set back up. And yeah, um, it was just hectic, but we does got it, it done. Does it take a while for a ring to break in? To break in? Uh, because you, met, you mentioned it really depends a lot is dependent on if you have a flex beam ring versus a spring in the middle. Uh, sometimes if you have a new spring in the middle, that can take uh, a little bit to get acquainted with the bumps and the first few can be pretty stiff. But uh, all rings are so different, man. It, it's I know everybody says that, but it's true. Um, the feel of the ring is going to be different. The pieces of it are going to be different. It all depends on where you get it from. But uh, this, was, this was a pretty nice ring. The only thing that we had issues on was kind of keeping the, keeping it tight all around, and that was more or less a rope issue than an undercarriage issue. And uh, that's just with new turnbuckles. Sometimes you are going to get a little give to them when they're hit by you know uh, beefy men like a JD Drake or a Beef or something like that. Yep. Um, so speaking of uh, changes and, and so on and so forth, there was uh, some additions to the show. I was actually should, let me rephrase this. There was special guest uh, in the house. That were unexpected, and then there was uh, one uh, invited guest that did not show up. Let's start with Slade. So Slade wasn't able to, uh, unable to work the show. Why don't you give an update about him? Yeah, I just wanted to give a heads up because I know that uh, that was like a late uh, subtraction to the card that we didn't get to get out there on the last podcast. But uh, Slade was just unable to compete that weekend, and uh, he'll be back at it very soon and back in a limitless ring really soon. And as I walked in, I saw a, a familiar face. Uh, sitting next to you, as is pointed out by, by somebody there. Yeah, WWE's Gabe Sapolsky, freshly of WWE again, sitting next to you. That was a bit of a shock. Yeah, very cool to have him in the house for the show. Um, he was there pretty much all day, stayed for the Anthony Green seminar as well, and uh, wanted to shout him out as well as Dango and uh, Harry Smith, who uh, it, was, it was such a collaborative effort and I think really beneficial to everyone who took part in the seminar uh, that day with AG because they got so many different perspectives and so many things that they could take with him. But Gabe, super cool to have him there. He was really cool with everybody all day and uh, hopefully he'll come back to another. Mm, interesting stuff. Okay. I didn't know if he was all of a sudden the, uh, the new uh, uh, commissioner of, uh, of limitless wrestling, or there going to be some sort of surprise, you know, a Jack Tunney esque figure. I didn't know if that was going to finally happen. Well, he's got to see a show before we make the deal to bring him on as the GM, you know what oh, I mean? He's got to see what he's getting into. So that's that was true. kind of the taste test. That's true. All right. So let's uh, let's lead off with the, the opening match. Beef taking on J.D. Drake. These two have done battle before. J.D. Drake has some new music. 
And uh, this is his first appearance here in Limitless. Yeah, let's and- talk about that. I'll yes. stop you right there. I don't know what the hell happened on Twitter the night before, but JD's popping off about Nickelback. And I just stupidly decided to send a reply back that was just like, what, WTF? And all of a sudden, he hits up our music guy within 20 minutes with uh, like three Nickelback hits to choose from. So he came out to the cover of Dirty Laundry by Nickelback, which threw me for a loop. Mm. Good stuff. I, I liked it. I thought I thought it kind of fit. I, Did you yes. really? Don't encourage yeah. him. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, it was J.D. Drake's first appearance in Limitless since March. Obviously, uh, he was he had to miss that July show due to uh, unforeseen uh, pulling. But uh, yeah, so he was, you know, Drake was belittling beef early on, trying to get in his head uh, audibly for everyone to hear. And yeah, much like their first meeting, this one went all over the building right outside the front door. You know, people may be showing up late for some reason, get to two beefy men uh, slapping meat coming right at them out the front. But in the end, Beef picking up the win after a uh, earthquake splash. I think Drake was surprised by losing. Beef looked surprised and, and relieved that he won. Big victory. Yes, with this be- with this win, uh, Beef snapping a two-match losing streak in Limitless. Well, Drake is over his last two, and their series is now one to one. This was uh, as advertised the unofficial Haas fighting championship. This was good. Yeah, I think JD really tried to back beef in a corner, very similar to their first encounter during the close tapings. This did go all over the room. Uh, I worried a bit when seeing a trash can and full of trash just flying across the back of the room. And then uh, I did see that another spectator lost their seat, unfortunately, mm-hmm. to JD Drake getting plopped down and splashed on the floor. But uh, hell of a battle to open this thing up. I love the Haas fights. We've talked about it multiple times on here. I think this lived up to expectations. And yeah, uh, Beef a little shocked in victory there. I just think that he needed to get his mojo back, and it felt like the night for him. Yeah, certainly did. And Drake's still searching for his mojo, and we'll see more of him with a, uh, a friend of his uh, coming up at Fresh Blood. We'll talk about more about that in a minute. Speaking of tag team action, Shook Crew taking on the debuting Above the Rest. These two were clashing for the very first time ever. Obviously, this was uh, above the rest, limitless wrestling debut. And this one really got good late uh, as ATR got more comfortable in there. Tristan Ty in particular, he uh, was really impressive, showing off his quickness with some nice kicks. You can definitely tell when the crowd pops and does, ooh, ah, like that. And he was he was really fast. But in the end, Shook Crew continuing with their uh, their run of Donovan, uh, run of Donovan's, uh, dominance. Donovan's that's pretty good. Bobby Orlando, Bryce Donovan. Uh, anyway, picking up the victory, their third straight in limitless. And yeah, overall, this was, uh, I thought this was really good. I had my notes here, add another team to the limitless mix of tag teams above the rest. I think you were happy with them. And, uh, obviously they seem to be really ecstatic with, with their limitless debut, obviously getting the, uh, the please come back chant afterward. And interesting note here. Uh, actually I want to get your thoughts on the match. I have two interesting notes about, uh, one of the competitors in here too. Yeah, I uh, I thought above the rest really turned it the fuck up uh, as that match got going. I think people just uh, anytime you have debuting wrestlers, especially a debuting team against somebody as popular as the Shook Crew, I don't think people are going to know how to take you right off the rip. And not only did they earn the respect of the crowd, they did get those please come back chants that, in my opinion, they're a little tough to get sometimes around these parts. So. Uh, to earn the respect like that of the Limitless Faithful, I think you just punch your ticket back. And we talked about it last podcast. You know, the debuts can sometimes be everything and be make or break for you in Limitless Wrestling. And uh, 
I think we'll definitely be seeing before the end of the year, Tristan Ty and Gabriel Sky back in a limitless ring. If you want to get to know more about them, we released a little profile video on uh, YouTube. It's on Twitter as well. Go check that out because uh, they really are New York's best kept secret right now. And it's crazy to me that these two teams had never collided before. Kind of coming up in similar circles, both out of New York. And Shook Crew, as you said, they're really putting it together right now. They have got came back to Limitless Wrestling, got a loss to MSP, have not lost a match since. So it's been clean sweeping for Shook Crew recently in Limitless Wrestling. And I think we got to turn it up for them next month at Fresh Blood. Mm. So I did not know that uh, Tristan Tai is the, the character Ikuro Kwan in MLW. I learned that doing a little bit of research. And also learned, Randy, that Gabriel Sky was in California working two days before this very show against Limitless Wrestling alum Kevin Blackwood. How about that? I think it was – was it two days before or was it the night before? I think it might have – sure that he flew in okay. like that morning and then drove all the way to Maine. Well, time zones and things like that, Randy. Yeah, Space time and time. Zone. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a crazy weekend. Uh, that's happened before – on the flip side, I think we talked about it. JD, JD Drake, Lee Moriarty last year, they went from Maine to California for PWG. So uh, that's always nuts to me. And then uh, to top it all off, Gabriel Sky then went to New Jersey the next day to wrestle speedball. Oh, wow. So he had an insane weekend. Good stuff. Good stuff. But yeah, hopefully see those guys back. And yeah, very interesting to see what's next for the Shook crew. Coming up next, we had uh, the God Queen, Delmi XO, taking on Becca. We talked about this before. This is uh, continuing a, a little mini rivalry they had, a series against each other they, that started on uh, the road. So, yeah, the God Queen's looking for her second straight singles win and her third straight win of any kind overall. And Becca was looking at this is crazy. She was looking for her first singles win at Limitless since January's cut loose. Imagine that. And and uh, she's still looking. Delmi XO picking up a surprise win off a roll-up. Becca was shocked. And then afterwards, very shocking here. We had Ashley Vox, uh, obviously uh, Dummy XO's sister, coming in the ring, C-Star's tag team partner. And we hadn't seen her in a while, obviously recovering up uh, an injury, coming in to celebrate, has sold her arm in a sling, uh, and then uh, goes to show some, you know, some, some good sportsmanship, goodwill towards Becca. And she gets shoved down for her goodwill. Take that. And then Becca then throws a kick at Dummy, and she takes off. What is going on here, Randy? What's happening? coming out to celebrate with her sister who's won her third straight match in limitless wrestling obviously tensions were high with becca who thought that she kicked out and i think that's it's up to interpretation but nate speckman called it a three it's a three at that point and uh becca didn't like it and i think tempers started to flare and she obviously not only has history with delmi xo through the road but has a ton of history with ashley vox on the road during the closed tapings really when becca was kind of finding out who she was uh, she had a few top-tier matches with Ashley Vox, and then, of course, uh, you know all three of these folks brought together on Team Davey N just last September. So crazy to th- see how much things change, and uh, I think Becca just frustrated, like you said, has not been able to get off the schneid in singles competition since coming back from her injury in May. She hasn't been able to pick up a singles win, and uh, obviously that boiled over for her there. Yeah, these two are now 1-1-1 one, one, and one in their overall series, and uh, yeah, who knows? And, and yeah, I mean, afterward... Uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, Ashley ripping off her, her brace and all that stuff. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen, but yeah, this was, uh, something in the water, Randy, because that leads us into our next match, Anthony green taking on rip bison and age. This is a night of new music, Randy, AG coming out with some new music. He's got a new nickname. Now the best thing in wrestling. He's also sporting a black eye. What, what's going on there? 
I mean, hey, when you're running the roads hard and uh, wrestling three or four times a week, it's bound to happen one way or the other. Oh, I heard he might have been upset that the Denny's in South Portland's now closed. I, he's not alone. <laughs> not anyway, alone. I had a, is... lot of, a lot of late nights at that Denny's. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I've all, I did want to ask you: Are you upset that the uh, the Cumberland Farms in Yarmouth has been closed for a while with renovations? What the? F- oh, so they're straight up closed. Well, I the 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 last two events I've been up there. I think I didn't even see anything open because they were doing all the the renovations up front and all that stuff inside too. So, uh, man, I wish uh, I wish Albo was here for this because he'd be he'd be so excited about this day that I'm going to disown the Yarmouth Cumbies today because well, I mean, now. I don't know if it's under construction. I don't believe that to be real because uh, I stopped in there last time that myself and a couple students went to Portland to poster. They're open in the daytime. They just closed mad early now. So uh, I I think they closed at like 9 p.m. instead of being open 24 hours. So they're no longer the hot stop after an event. I have a new gas station, the Exit 22 Rest Stop Gas Station. It's a random uh, pull-off of Exit 22 that we've been hitting the past couple shows. Right. 24 hours, have whatever you need. Uh, it's been a savior to us who uh, do not want to have to go many, many miles up to Fairfield to uh, find a place to stop. So that's been the new stop recently. I, uh, in a very uh, related note, first of all, I don't think anyone has ever said that I wish John Alba was here. And then second, uh, a conversation you two had about Jersey Mike's a long time ago. You had never had Jersey Mike's. I believe that was it. Uh, there's a Jersey Mike's that just opened up down the street from my house. Can you believe that? Have you tried it yet? Not yet. I just uh, I was going to uh, to Staples of all places the other day, and I'm like, oh, there's a Jersey Mike's thing right there. So I immediately thought of your, your conversation. I think I'm going to have to try it out. I have since tried it because they do have one in Bangor, Maine, and I think mm. it's pretty good. Mm, all right. I'll, uh, I'll let that, uh, I'll let everyone know when that happens. Big day. Uh, so anyway, getting back to Anthony Green versus Rip Bison. I love the uh, little side, uh, side exits we take on this show. Uh, this is his first match since April, uh, in limitless when he pinned Channing Thomas and what I think is a limitless wrestling match of the year candidate. And this was another one, you know, there's some uncharacteristic, uh, uh, heelish tactics, uh, for, for lack of a better phrase by a fan favorite and Anthony Green. He came into this and just his swagger coming in, he seemed, angry annoyed kind of work working with a chip on his shoulder you know rip is always there for a good time but anthony was having none of it closing sequence uh was in the corner anthony green pulling off rip bison's boot and getting a, a distraction there getting a roll-up win while, while uh, taking a big grip of uh of rip's weightlifting belt that he always wears around his uh his uh, his waist and then anthony leaves with rip bison's boot talking to sam laterna afterward he is uh he's you know not making any apologies for it, Randy. He has the boot with him and making bad puns. It's like, what? Uh, something in the water? What's going on here with this guy? I think AG, like you said, uh, has come back from Japan with a new swagger. And I definitely think, uh, I, I think that he knows he's putting out the best work of his career right now and is on another level than some of the people that he steps in the ring with. And I just... I got a feel that he just had a lack of respect for Rip Bison on this night, which is a little different from the first time that they wrestled and even different from when they collided in triple threat action earlier this year. Uh, Ripper, I think, is at a banner year in Limitless Wrestling. I don't think that's a guy that can be uh, underestimated anymore, and I, I think it's crazy to do so. And I don't think AG necessarily did that. Obviously, he walked out with a win here, 
Uh, I just think that he had, he felt like he had the one up on Ripper here and it was very apparent with how he was conducting himself, how he conducted himself afterwards. And um, just, just not the typical Anthony green that we're used to seeing. And uh, I think that almost it felt like he wanted to put Rip in his place a little bit here and yeah. ended up leaving with the boot. Like you said, a little uncharacteristic from AG and, uh, he said in that in that video with Sam Laterna that this was nothing personal with Rip Bison, but it feels like it was made very personal for Ripper. If you're if you're in Ripper's boots or one of his boots, you know, uh, it was just I don't know. It was weird from Anthony Green, but uh, I mean you can't deny the success. Still, Anthony Green not coming back to Limitless Wrestling to get another loss in the column, especially to Rip Bison. And uh, I don't know. I, I uh, feel that we have not seen the last of these two one-on-one mm. yeah anthony green yeah if you haven't seen that check it out on limitless wrestling's twitter obviously on the on the replay in iwtv but yeah anthony green what's uh what's going on with this guy uh then this was one of the highlights of the night uh, msp taking on dirty dango and uh, davy boy smith jr with brian black former palmer cannon and wwe former ewa wrestler and this was, uh, I wrote my notes uh randy nostalgia match of the night we had dr everett payne in the house adam booker in the house we had obviously uh, Larry Huntley always in the house, and Frankie F and Armadillo, EWA for life, Randy. It's coming back. I'm telling you, dude. It uh, this whole thing felt like a little main wrestling love story to me. I uh, I really loved not only uh, not only the match, but really cool to have that crew of guys in the room. Um, those are for anybody who's a longtime main wrestling fan. Uh, it's, it's just really cool to see that group of people in the same room again. You know what I mean? Um, just, uh, just moments of the night, you know, for, uh, for nostalgic reasons for all of us, but, uh, just pretty cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Frank Amardillo, I, I've not seen it. I mean, it's crazy. Never seen my show. He looks, he doesn't look that much different than he did back in the day. Like he, he still doesn't looks really he does young not. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, but yeah, MSP pulling back their own surprise, and and you know they were uh, uneven going into this a three on two, obviously with Brian Black on the outside. But yeah, they pulled a little rabbit out of the hat, bringing back Alexander Lee of uh, the Main State Posse. This was his first limitless appearance uh, in since October 2021's Anything Goes match with the aforementioned Slave. It's also that happened in Herman. This is his first match, first time in Yarmouth. Since June 2021, at the at what I call the comeback show, the the first show with uh, with fans following the uh, the worst of the pandemic, so that was a little bit of a surprise. Get the you know making kind of some some three on three in a sense. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's the one of the night that really could have made me cry because I I love Alexander Lee. Uh, I'm I'm very tight with him, and it's been uh, it's been weird not having him around. It's been weird. Um, and he's back around again, you know. Uh, he's he's back in the dojo once a week. He's uh, I don't I don't know what his plans are, you know. But uh, it's just it's really cool because like this this was one that was not like a long term thing that we had planned out. Uh, I literally hit up Alexander Lee at like two thirty the day before and was like, because I uh, he's you know he's a little wishy washy sometimes. So say he'll come to down to Yarmouth for a show and then just ends up having something else going on or can't make it for whatever reason. Uh, but uh, he was very dead set on making the show. And I thought, what better, what better thing that we could do? You know, um, it just, I don't know, uh, really liked that moment. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that you'll take with you, you know? Mm. 
So MSP struggled at the onset of this, uh, really just getting physically plowed over by both um, Dango. Physically and, plowed. What a yeah, term. Yeah, getting plowed over. It's both. true, though, dude. Dan- Danger Kid, I felt a little bad. I felt a little bad because fucking Harry Smith was on him like a mosquito on shit, dude. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, both these guys. Yeah, DK was uh, – yeah, he must have felt that the next day, no doubt about it. He Dude, was uh, for the next week. I yeah. saw him. Uh, I saw him at class the Thursday following, and he's like, "Bro, I don't know how we survived." Yeah, but they did. They did things uh, after this got a little bit crazy, and I, I, <laughs> let's see, I, I can't ad- adequately sum up what happened. Uh, <laughs> there was chairs involved. Uh, it, this, at the end of the day, MSP won. Larry Huntley uh, late, got physical, laid in some blows on Brian Black. He got sent to the back. That was a moment uh, I, I will never forget. And yeah, MSP picking up the victory. I am. I can't. I can't remember if it was on a roll up or not. You can better sum it up than I can. But my notes were things got crazy. I remember the Larry punch. MSP picking it up, much to uh, Dango and Harry's uh, disbelief. And this was this whole sequence was uh, one of my favorite kind of moments and uh, and things of the whole year. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, wow. I don't know, just a joy to watch, honestly, a joy to watch, and uh, the, <laughs> I had no idea about Larry laying in a chop on Brian Black until it happened. <laughs> uh, that one got me, and uh, I don't know, this was a lot of fun. Uh, awesome to have Harry Smith back in the house. He tried to physically dissect MSP here, uh, along with Dirty Dango, who uh, got dropped right on a steel chair by Danger Kid. This was just some crazy shit going on. Uh, check out the highlights of this, too. We dropped some highlights on uh, the YouTube page for free. So check that out if you haven't seen it. But uh, go out of your way to watch this. This was yeah. uh, really fun all around. I think a different kind of match for MSP than they're typically accustomed to. So uh, cool to see him get taken out of their comfort zone and still able to prevail at the end of the day. They certainly did. Yeah, definitely go out of your way to see us if you haven't. If you're listening to this, I can't believe you haven't, but go watch it again a couple other times. Show some friends. It's really good. And yeah, then that uh, intermission, then after that, uh, the shoot your shot four-way. So the winner of this match getting to shoot their shot at Fresh Blood coming up later this month in October as you're listening to this. Desmond Cole, Channing Thomas, the debuting Andy Brown, of course, Aaron Rourke, who is absolutely shredded. I keep meaning to mention this. He is a you know, people talk about Chris Jericho getting in shape. This guy it was not in bad shape before, but he's like, he's he's like ripped now. It's crazy. Yeah, he's uh, in great physical condition. He is, and very entertaining as well. He seems to like really kind of round it out. Again, we've talked about you know the problems with Art Ava not in the house. No Ricky Smokes tonight, so we're still going to see how that situation plays out. Uh, Brown, I think, admittedly, uh, Andy Brown not shredded, but making his LW debut. But the Thick Daddy looked good. Very agile for a big man. Shows some nice charisma. Uh, some good interplay with uh, with Desmond Cole. And in the end, the big Bufa, Desmond Cole, picking up the win. Rebounded from his disappointing loss at the Vacation Land Cup. And now he gets to pick his opponent at Fresh Blood. This was a, a fun four-way. And I think all guys uh, showed out. And yeah, Des Cole, man. The year of Des Cole and Limitless. It's great to see. Yeah, a quick bounce back. So he's keeping the momentum rolling for himself. And uh getting off the schneid and multi-man matches as well, kind of making up for that debut loss he had in the four-way. But uh, I was really impressed with Andy Brown here, Limitless Wrestling debut. Another guy who uh, a ton of wrestlers on the roster had really, uh, you know, gone to bat for Andy Brown and suggested that he would be a great fit here. And 
we just didn't pull the trigger for quite some time. He's been in the Northeast for a little while now and felt like a prime spot to have him in. And, uh, man, he really showed up and showed out. And like you said, Aaron Rourke, I think going through a transitional period here with trying to figure out where art fits into the grand scheme and if everyone is going to stay within that unit, you know what I mean? But uh, showing off that regardless of a group or on his own, he can do it alone if he has to. And Channing Thomas, uh, another great performance, but it just felt like he couldn't get a read here on Desmond Cole, who uh, was kind of waiting around every corner for Channing Thomas to make a mistake and able to capitalize in the end. All right. First of two title matches on the show, let's wrestle champion Mac Daniels taking on Mortar. This is uh, Mac's first match, obviously, since the implosion of Prestigious, which we detailed in a past podcast, and obviously the first since John Alba left. And this is Mortar's first title opportunity of any kind in the Limitless or Let's Wrestle, so uh, some interesting stakes for both guys. In the end, big surprise, uh, Mac Daniels cheated using the title to uh, to get the victory here. You know, and afterward, he grabs a mic and decides to run down John Alba and his mental health and his speech and all that, really, you know, taking some cheap shots there. And then from the front door, this front door was uh, really the place to be uh, for this show. Uh, BRG returns, and Mac takes off. But Mortar, you know, he hung around. I think he was a little, a uh, little annoyed by what happened. Hung around, tossed Mac back in there to take his whooping from uh, from BRG. And yeah, we have not heard the last from BRG and uh, in in, uh, in this feud with Mac Dales. We're just getting started. Yeah, I missed the majority of this match. Unfortunately, it's like the only thing that I was not able to catch in full on this show in the moment, but uh, watched it back. Really enjoyable and uh, an awesome performance again from Mortar, who uh, unfortunately due to tactics from Mac Daniels at the end, wasn't able to walk out victorious, but uh, pretty crazy. This was his first championship opportunity. Mortar's a guy who's really busted his ass. He's Mr. Reliable and limitless and let's wrestle when called upon. He answers and uh, he did deserve this title opportunity. And I, I, Still think that he is, you know, within punching distance of being in that Let's Wrestle Championship picture. But obviously, it's going to set him down a few rungs on the ladder. And BRG uh, feels like he's barking for a shot. Mm. Yeah, at some point, these young guys, right, he might have to put him up, have him hook up, you know, have him let him fight it out. And I mean, who knows? Could You can't have guys just coming in the, in the front door. Could it be the back door? I mean, it, it, I think just for the sake of everyone, eventually these two have to meet at some point. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I feel like it's only fair, too. Channing Thomas had his opportunity. And mm-hmm. BRG, uh, he's been a guy legitimately since day one of Let's Wrestle who's been a part of things in a big way. So uh, he's someone who deserves an opportunity, no doubt, especially with Mac Daniels being the man at the helm. Mm. Finally, main event of the night. We talked about it a lot already. This was uh, Ace Romero taking on Alec Price. Limitless Championship versus Career. Obviously, Alec Price putting his title on the line. It really was his title. You, you mentioned before, just all the title defenses and so on. And his first singles loss in uh, Limitless Wrestling since April 2021 to Ace Romero in a straight fight on season three of The Road. Uh, Al Price's reign began in November 2021 at Price Possession. He had wins over J.D. Drake, Chris Bay, Lindsay Dorado, Rip Bison, Beef Becca, and others. Second longest reign, Limitless Wrestling champion of all time. Second to uh, Anthony Green's 397-day reign. Most title offenses, as you mentioned. And then, you know, from my note here was about his title, right? From the day he won to the day he lost, a lot happened with him. You know, I think he, you know, for, he first won. He was the, uh, the the baby face. Everyone loved it. He just, he was really started out kind of as a, as a dislikable uh, heel. 
and eventually just won the crowd over as uh, as as a lot of the champions have. We talked with you know Anthony Green, Christian Casanova. Uh, these guys just they just take the fans just take them certain guys and they just elevate them and women and and elevate them up. And this is what happened. Alec Price had a hell of a run, defend the title everywhere as you mentioned, and then kind of see what happened over the last few months and really him just getting a kind of reverting back to his old ways turning on the fans and this was a this was a nice kind of end to his story at least in this run as a limitless wrestling champion ace romero becomes the seventh overall limitless champion the sixth unique champion obviously because ag held the title twice and yeah as we mentioned before this was a a physical match um a a one that the crowd just kind of was uh was content to watch and kind of let see play out and then really emotionally got invested late and uh, Romero winning after hitting a, a second butterfly pile driver on Alec Price to get the victory, his first limitless wrestling title. And yeah, the uh, the big boy era has begun. And now he becomes the hunted and not the hunter. And that's always interesting to see him being the figurehead of the promotion and, and uh, the face. Yeah, very interesting uh, yeah, months ahead, that's for sure. Saturday, October 29th at the Yarmouth Amvets Hall in Yarmouth, Maine. Tickets went on sale last week. Front rows already sold out. Under 200 tickets remain already. That's good. This is always one of the... Uh, uh, more interesting shows of the year because it's a lot of uh, new talent coming in, as long as uh, returning talents and uh, familiar faces and so on. We'll preview this card a little bit more because uh, no matches have been announced as of yet. But however, returning, we've talked about this earlier, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, the work horsemen, will be in action on the show. The Miracle Generation, I mean, coming off this uh, you know this two-night war with Blitzkrieg, they're coming in. Uh Returning Kylon King and Dustin Wall, I believe, is their uh, limitless wrestling debut after they debuted for Let's Wrestle earlier this year. Ichiban returns. Uh, Becca is returning. We'll see where her, her head's at. Rip Bison, see where his head's at. The returning Lufisto, the Indie Wrestling Hall of Famer, always a, a great get. And then Andy Brown, uh, his second outing in Limitless as well. So, yeah, this is uh, so far so good for this card, huh? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This is always one of the most fun cards of the year. Fresh faces, returns, debuts, it's full of them. So uh, it really, you know, we're taking the next step forward in Limitless Wrestling. And this is one of those events that kind of shapes what the next year in Limitless may look like. And it's Halloween weekend, Randy. Are you going to encourage people to uh, to wear their best outfits or what? Oh, hell yeah. I would be surprised if people aren't coming dressed up. But mm. yeah, definitely uh, spring for a costume if you want to dress up for this thing. Have a ball. That's true. Ichiban will have his mask on. I know that. That's true. That's true. I'd be surprised if he didn't. <laughs> all right. So we talked all about that really packed show. We talked about, uh, obviously, the November 5th benefit for Eric Johnson. So we'll talk more about that in the weeks ahead. And a couple other notes here. I had some plugs and stuff before we go. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to kind of let you talk about really briefly, uh, Joey Gleets. Uh, you gave him a shout out. Uh, two-year anniversary of his passing. Ethan Scott mentioned that uh, during his excellent job doing ring announcing. For uh, for chasing forever, but any uh, you know, quick uh, you know, shout out for Joey Gleets. Yeah, uh, I mean that's another guy that I, I miss a lot, and I thought about it a lot that day because it was uh, the the two year anniversary of his passing, which just feels fucking crazy. Um, we were at a show, I think, the week earlier, maybe two weeks earlier, uh, in Fairfield, which was his home venue, and. Uh, he was on every single show pretty much that uh, was at that place. And uh, just crazy to kind of, you know, someone who we spent so much time with traveling and then on these little shows in Maine to not be a part of that anymore. Uh, you miss him a lot. And I literally posted a match, I think, this week with him from the expo uh, refereeing. And I'm happy that a lot of big 
moments in Limitless history, a lot of big experiences for us in Maine wrestling. Joey was right there to witness it, and I still feel like he is. Um, it's just crazy to not have him here. So uh, I miss him a lot. And uh, since we're talking about it, I'm happy to announce that on the November 5th Brewer Show, we are going to have the Joey Gleets Memorial Battle Royal taking place uh, on that event. And be a lot of uh, faces from the dojo and main wrestling history that are participating in that. And uh, we'll have more information, obviously, as we get closer to that event. But that's something that I talked with. Uh, I talked with his son, Jason, and um, a few others around the uh, main wrestling community. And we decided that we're going to do that. That's good stuff. All right. So we'll talk more about that, obviously, in the weeks ahead. Uh, you check out anything you missed limitless wrestling on iwtv or youtube obviously iwtv gets you full shows from uh, a lot of limitless wrestling and let's wrestles past and obviously pluto tv if you want to check out some seasons of the road um local access in portland channel five if you want to check uh, out some uh, limitless shows there as well and social media lw main on twitter limitless wrestling on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube and obviously, uh, yeah, YouTube blowing up past 1 million subscribers. Let's Wrestle 207 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Randy underscore Carver, LW on Twitter. Josh Nason on Twitter. LimitlessWrestling.com for all your ticket and merchandise needs. For Randy Carver, I'm Josh Nason. Until next time, be limitless.